This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. We are controlling transmission. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limit frequency. Good evening, my name's Ricardo. And my name is Sam. And this is the Outer Limit Frequency. Jean-Michel Basquiat once said that art is how we decorate space, music is how we decorate time, which is quite a provocative, if familiar, thought. Because one aspect of music, and specifically of an album's composition that often gets left out of the conversation, is its length, which is to say, how much time can this piece of music decorate? Last time we had a special feature on very short albums, so now we'll be heading to the other end of the scale and looking at some extremely long albums. And how is it that we define a long album, you ask? Pretty much however we want. This isn't some kind of stinking democracy, and context is always a key factor. But it is worth mentioning that the vast majority of records covered on tonight's show clock in at over 75 minutes and often cover multiple discs for all my fellow physical media folk out there. The Beatles were never known for their long albums or long songs, yet somehow their best album, the self-titled or so-called White Album, came in at 93 minutes. I'm always reminded of this and I'm surprised every time because it really does not seem like it's anywhere near that long. I guess because time flies when you're having fun? I can't say too much about this album. Is it maybe a little pretentious in places? Sure. Is it among the best albums to ever be released? Absolutely. This is Happiness is a Warm Gun because I promised myself I wouldn't play While My Guitar Gently Weeps again. She's not a girl who misses much Oh yeah She's well acquainted with the touch of the velvet hand like a lizard on a windowpane The man in the crowd with the multicolored mirrors on his hobnail boots with his eyes while his hands are busy working overtime A soap impression of his wife which he ate and donated to the National Trust I'm going down, down to the bits that I left uptown. I need a fix, cause I'm going down. Mother Superior jumped the gun. 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 gun. 
the spirit of the gun. In last week's episode, I discussed something that I call popcorn albums, which are short records filled with variety. So on this episode, I'd like to discuss the Jukebox album, which is essentially the same thing, just a lot longer. And it was Stadium Arcadium by the Red Hot Chili Peppers that really cemented this concept in my mind. Because although you can listen to each side as a proper album if you wanted to, there are other ways to approach these 28 tracks. Stadium Arcadium arrived right at the start of the digital music slash playlist era. This means that any listener could assemble their ideal Chili's album by wading through and rearranging material to suit their own tastes, from snotty funk rockers to soulful ballads and everything in between. To some purists, editing an album in any way is blasphemy, but today in the media streaming era, it's more relevant than ever. And as a result of this format, there are almost definitely songs that would have otherwise met the cutting room floor, but were instead fleshed out into something pretty fun, like Humpty Bump. Oh, baby. 
relationship with the Smashing Pumpkins. I've never loved their music. It's just decent, reliable stuff to have on in the background. The weirdness is all about their frontman, Billy Corgan, because he's kind of the guy you love to hate. He comes across as a bit of a tool, but at the same time, you have to respect his vision for the same reason. He knows what he wants when it comes to his music or his other ventures and doesn't care who gets in his way because they won't be in his way for very long. As far as his music goes, the third album by the Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, has got to be among his most realized. You don't often have really long albums that do so well commercially, but Melancholy certainly did. This is essential Smashing Pumpkins and contains all of the songs you've heard played over and over on the radio. Bullet with Butterfly Wings, Tonight Tonight, Zero, 1979, they're all there. But with the standard issue of the album being two hours long, they make up only a fraction of it. Before we get to Take Me Down, I also need to mention the deluxe edition of this album. While so many so-called deluxe editions add three or four songs, this one takes the total songs from 28 to 92 and extends the runtime to five hours and 52 minutes. Yep.
While I have no intention of solely focusing on double albums, there is one that I would like to give a special shout-out for the way that it respects the listener's time. Between its two discs, Yellow and Green by Baroness actually only contains 75 minutes of music. Yes, that is pretty long, but it could also have fit on a single disc. So why split it? The decision was made to, first of all, present two entirely different sets of songs, but also to subtly discourage people from necessarily listening to them back-to-back. The two sets are very divergent in tone, and there's nothing wrong with taking a wee break in between them, which also helps to reduce listener fatigue. And as a result, that 75 minutes of music just flies by. Thank you, Baroness. This is Sea Lungs.
When The Clash released London Calling in 1979, its 65-minute runtime seemed a little bit much for a punk band. So the following year, they remedied this by releasing Sandinista, which was only 144 minutes long. Honestly, though, I kind of think they did this to be even more punk, because even this early in punk as a genre, there was the idea that a punk album should only be like 40 minutes tops. So what's more punk than proving that you're totally not punk? Also, this album really wasn't punk at all. If anything, it's post-punk with a whole lot of experimental thrown in. It's hard to define, and that's what makes it better than anything else The Clash had done. The Clash should never have released an album of this sort of length, but I'm glad they did. And this is the opening track, The Magnificent Seven. Get your car out of that gear. Call them up, 
a fire and Angus came to the checkout at the 7-Eleven. Mobsters think that he has sense, Engels, Lennon's a necessary pants. What do we got? Yeah! What do we got? Yeah! What do we got? Magnificent! What do we got? King and Mahatma Gandhi went to the park to check on the game But they was murdered by the other team He went off to win 50-0 You can be true, you can be false You'll be given the same reward Socrates and Milhouse Dixon Both went the same way through the kitchen Plato the Greek or in Tin Tin Who's more famous than the billion million? Who's black? Vacuum cleaner sucks up budgie think of long-winded bands, I inevitably end up thinking of Tool. Undertow, their debut, was a lengthy 69 minutes, and ever since then their albums have become longer and further between. Isn't that right, fair inoculum? And there's nothing wrong with that, in theory. But Tool have this unusual quirk where they always put some very good songs right at the end of these very long albums. Isn't that right, fair inoculum? This means that some listeners actually give up before getting to some of their best material. Undertow is Flood. Enema has Third Eye, 10,000 Days is Right in Two, and Fear Inoculum has Tempest. But Lateralis takes the cake. It's a 78-minute marathon that ends with an incredible trio, excluding the customary pointless outro song, even though, in my experience, the album often gets turned off after the title track is finished with. Hey, if you're voluntarily missing out on the combo of Disposition, Reflection, and this next song, Triad, then that's your problem, buddy.
we couldn't possibly do an episode about long albums without mentioning swans because these dudes were pretty big fans of putting out really long albums sure they have some like greed which are on the shorter side but more often they're pushing the boundaries of an acceptable album length with multiple being over the 70 minute mark and a couple being over an hour and a half long their 13th album, 2014's To Be Kind, is a great way to spend just over two hours as long as you don't look at the awful album cover. Although it only contains 15 songs, in typical Swans fashion, these songs do have a tendency to go on a bit. Yeah, it's not the easiest sort of thing to listen to, but once you get into the sound these guys are putting out, it is one of their best. This is Screenshot.
Sludge punk icons Melvins are known for both their sense of humour and their intense work ethic. And in 2021, these two pillars collided on the band's first acoustic album, Five Legged Dog. It was a 36-track, two-and-a-half-hour monstrosity that miraculously covered most of their equally monstrous career. The humour comes in because, first of all, I'm not sure that anyone was actually wanting this, and those that did definitely didn't want so damned much of it. And who in their right mind is willing to take all of that on at once? What's far more likely is that, you, like me, you can end up cherry-picking these new renditions of Melvin songs you always liked, and we're quite satisfied with these morsels. So at the end of the day, I guess we don't really have anything to complain about, but it's not for a lack of trying. This is Melvin's Acoustic Style. Systematically choking, but I ain't about that cow. 
Under the Taya era, Nightwish albums were generally around the 50-minute mark, which is a really good metal album length. They never overstayed their welcome and always had you wishing for a little more. The two albums under second vocalist Annette Olsen, Dark Passion Play and Imaginarum, were both around 75 minutes. Again, this worked really well because these two albums were more of a metal opera approach, extremely theatrical. Then under third vocalist Floor Johnson, they've had Endless Forms Most Beautiful at 78 minutes and Human Nature at 81, making it the longest album by the band to date. So I love Floor Johnson, but I was not at all a fan of the first album featuring her. It felt like a Taya album just drawn out too long. Human Nature, on the other hand, is bloody wonderful. It plays out as two separate albums, with the first nine tracks being the more accessible and separate songs, while Disc 2, titled All the Works of Nature Which Adorn the World, almost plays out like one big song, just separated for convenience. The first half is more fun, more typical Nightwish, where the second half takes the seeds that were planted in the Olsen era and expands greatly upon it. For now, this is How's the Heart. But yeah, seriously, if you're one of those former Nightwish fans that stopped caring when Taya left, try this album.
2006, the esteemed Tom Waits released a comprehensive, career-spanning collection of unreleased songs and B-sides called Orphans. And now I know, by most metrics, compilations like this aren't technically albums, certainly not in the sense by which we normally use the word, but he did tour Orphans, and he's Tom frickin' Waits, so that's good enough for me. The songs on Orphans were divided into three themed discs. Brawlers, more up-tempo rock and blues, Ballers, more ballad-focused, and Bastards, a muddled assortment of what was left over. By using this elongated three-disc format, Waits could make Orphans as comprehensive as humanly possible. It's crammed full of soundtrack works, b-sides, offcuts, and covers, which span everybody from Lead Belly to the Ramones to this very confronting rendition of King Kong, originally by Daniel Johnston. They thought it was a monster, but it was the king. They came to his island and they brought her with them. They wanted to get his picture, but they were surprised by his enormous size. And when he saw the woman, he took her without question. Because after all, he was the king, and he loved the woman, he loved the way she looked, and she wouldn't stop screaming, but he loved the woman, and it followed to Some water, and then later 
joining us and our look at long albums and if you liked what you heard jump onto spotify and check out some of our other episodes there's a whole lot of them waiting for you including last week's look at shorter albums it's the same length and since you're coming back next week um we will be looking at a a movement that kind of undermines one of the major aspects of a major genre of music we are looking at un macho metal types it's going to be a great time and we'll see you then see you then
Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.